incense and smoke with the prayers of believers. What in the world am I talking about? Revelation chapter eight, as we focus on this. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are looking at Revelation chapter eight. Merry Christmas, by the way. It's, we're celebrating Christmas in the West over here. And uh, that's great to have you with us. And we're going to figure out what Ryan's doing. Ryan, what are you doing? Well, you know, on Friday's program, we talked about the seven letters to the seven churches. So today we're going to be talking about another seven things, the seven spirits before God's throne. Just who or what are these spirits? Corey? Well, our families are coming on. So stay tuned. It's Christmas. Uh, we're going to bring our families on. That. That's awesome. Yeah. So Janice, it's going to be a good it's one today. It's always delightful bedlam. <laughs> really. We ask you to join us. It's great. For our Christmas, <laughs> Christmas day bedlam. Excellent. Let's study what God says. Revelation 8, 1 through 13. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels, who had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I looked, and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Revelation chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Revelation chapters 8, 9, and 10. This is an amazing book. 
I, I love this book. You know, the seven seals have been opened. Now seven angels with seven trumpets are preparing themselves to sound. The apostle John is seeing this from heaven's point of view. He is in the spirit and is watching from God's perspective. The book of Revelation highlights seven seals, seven sounding trumpets, and seven bowls of God's wrath poured out upon the earth in the last day. The three sets of seven are significant as God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all representing one God. Three in one. These aren't the only series of seven in Revelation. Earlier in Revelation 2, Jesus Christ speaks to the seven churches. And in Revelation 3, describes seven eyes with which he views things happening on the earth. Chapter 8 completes seven seals. And we see a time of silence for about half an hour in heaven. This is fascinating. Next, we read about the first four angels sounding trumpets and their results on the earth. Following the fourth trumpet, an angel warns the people on the earth about the next three trumpets. God's anger and God's wrath are released on sin, S-I-N. Now, this is very, very important. As we study this today, let's pay attention because uh, God is truly speaking to us in Revelation chapter 8, the seventh seal. Now, if you don't have your Bible guide, you need to ask for it. Call us or write to us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and click on the page. When you click on the page, it takes you to a donate page. Let me just say thank you so much for your donations this year. They really meant a lot to us and kept us alive in this time of uh, tumultuous uh, incidents happening around the world. So thank you for that. But let's pray in the name of Jesus Christ about what we're going to read today. Father, we pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you would show us your word. Teach us, Lord, that we don't, we don't apply our ideas to it, but rather your word speaks to us and help us to change our ideas from what you've said. Help us to hear you. We are listening. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we all said together, amen and amen. All right. Are you ready? This is very interesting. Chapter eight. Let's look at the first part of it. One through six. Watch this. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. That's fascinating. How can you have silence in heaven? Verse two. And I saw seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and, and an earthquake. So seven angels who had seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Incense, smoke, 
and prayers of the believers rose up in the presence of God. Incense, smoke, prayers of the believers rose up in the presence of God, changing the conditions on earth. Prayers. We must always pray. Now, I like to say this, and I'm going to say it again. And a lot of people say, here he goes again. Well, here I go again. Verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6. You know, we always stop the ending of the Lord's, you know, wardrobe of army paraphernalia right there at 17. Keep reading. It says praying always after you have all of this, the shield of faith, the uh, helmet of salvation and all that. You need to keep reading. It says praying always in the spirit. Prayer is so important, especially today. All right, let's go on. Revelation 8, 7 through 11. The first angel sounded and hail and fire followed mingled with blood. They were thrown to the earth and a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. And then the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood and a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Then the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on the, on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was called Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Now this is fascinating. A third of vegetation, seas, water of the earth, struck by God's judgment. We should pray for God to come back quickly. We should. We shouldn't just, you know, linger around. Lord, come back quickly. Things are so rough right now and so difficult. Father, come back quickly. Maranatha, Lord. That's how you hear Christians praying. Becomes very important. Now, Let's take a look at the last passage that we see here because it's the most important. Then the fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that a third of them were darkened and a third of them or a third of the day did not shine and likewise the night. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. God's judgment strikes the heavens and a third of the sun, the moon and the stars were darkened. Beloved, let's thank God for the new heaven and the new earth. He has prepared for his children. Let me be absolutely clear about this, just so you understand it. We want to thank God because it says at the end of Revelation, which we'll get to in a few days, at the end of Revelation, it says he brings out a new heaven and a new earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. When we remove our body, which is bound in sin and our spirit goes to God, he gives us a new body. Praise God for his ability to do that. I have no idea how my senses will be freed up and I'll have other senses perhaps, but I praise God because he has made us people 
who inherit his kingdom. Thank you, Lord. And I specifically say, thank you, Jesus Christ. Now that's the truth. That's what's going to happen. If you don't know Jesus today, my advice to you is come to him right now and pray, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I believe you died and rose again in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. All right, so we're a few days into Revelation now, and even if you're casually reading it, you just can't help but notice all the times that the number seven shows up. As a matter of fact, there are so many sevens in the book that it's probably not even possible to make an exhaustive list of the sevens, because whatever number you come up with, there's probably seven times that many. Well, on the last program, we talked about the seven letters to the seven churches. And today, as sort of a continuation, we're going to be looking at another seven things, specifically the seven spirits before the throne of God. Just what or who are these spirits? John the Revelator, in his opening remarks, greets the seven churches of Asia in the name of him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. While it's clear that both God the Father and God the Son are present here, what isn't immediately obvious are the seven spirits before God's throne. What or who are these spirits? Interestingly, the expression seven spirits occurs four times in Revelation, and while some identify them as angels, most scholars see it as a reference to the Holy Spirit. This is based on several clues. For one thing, equating the seven spirits with the Holy Spirit would be the most natural understanding of Revelation 1-4, because it makes all three persons of the Godhead present. Second, while these seven spirits could conceivably be angels, they certainly couldn't be the angels of the seven churches of Asia, since those are listed separately and in addition to the seven spirits in Revelation 1-4. But third, and most important, Revelation is not the first occurrence of the sevenfold Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 2, for example, could very well be alluding to this very thing. Speaking of the future Messiah, the prophet declares that the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Since the number seven in the Bible symbolizes the complete and perfect work of God, it's no surprise that the Messiah was also to be endowed completely and perfectly with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Although some do consider this interpretation of Isaiah 11:2 to be rather speculative, Zechariah leaves us little room for doubt regarding the identification of this seven-faceted spirit. For example, in Zechariah 3:9, this post-exilic prophet proclaims, for behold, the stone that I have laid before the high priest Joshua. Upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave its inscription, says the Lord of hosts. I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. 
Here we have the perfect oversight, the providential care of God, the Holy Spirit, represented by the seven eyes engraved on the stone set before the high priest. These eyes also appear in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. It says, For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoiced to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Therefore, based upon the rest of Scripture, it seems that the seven spirits before God's throne in Revelation is indeed an image of the Holy Spirit of God. So whether this fourth prophetic application is valid or not, what we do know for sure is that these letters were meant for the individual churches and all the churches, past and present, and for us today as well. What's also interesting is that Jesus wrote to seven churches, but so did the Apostle Paul. Jesus wrote to Ephesus, to Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And Paul wrote to Rome, to Corinth, Galatia, Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, and Thessalonica. Very, very interesting. It is very interesting. And what else is interesting is all the people we have here, Ryan. Yes. Uh, now, this is really good. We're going to do this and Merry Christmas to everybody. Yes, Merry Christmas. But I want you to introduce your wife and your kids, and then I'll get all of you to do it. But Ryan, go ahead, introduce your children and your kids. All right. Well, children and your wife. <laughs> well, yes, uh, this is my beautiful wife, Jasmine. And this is my firstborn, Ollie. And this is my secondborn, Elias. And that's right. And Jasmine, you work in the office and you work with Ryan and editing and all of that. And uh, Oliver, let me ask you a question. Did you get what you needed on Christmas? You don't know right now because we're taping in advance. <laughs> but you'll see. What do you think? I don't know. Okay, very good. You're you're the oldest one. And this one here is Corey's. Corey, who do you have with you? All right, so I've got my husband, Matlock, our oldest, Emerson, our middle son, Matthias, here on my lap. And then my dad is holding Wesley, our youngest. This is, is Wesley. <laughs> He's, I'll tell you what, you're something else, Wesley. That's good. Okay, and Matlock, you do a lot of work for us on the website. You write stuff and all kinds of things. And we we really appreciate your work as well. That's excellent. Would you like your son? Okay, very good. And these are your children. They're excellent. And you guys are going to have a great Christmas together. And this is a great Christmas right now. Excellent. Now, the last one we're going to talk to is your daddy. And that is Brandon. Brandon, introduce your wife and your children, your child. Hello, this is Becca. Uh, you talk with her on the phones all the time. She runs the Canadian office. She's also on, well, she used to be on Permanent. Maybe she'll return. Who knows? Maybe, Maybe hopefully she will. Maybe she'll take my spot and then I won't be on Permanent anymore. No, no, both of you will be uh, This is my daughter, Tessa. She is six months old. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. And so what do you do in the office? Uh, I do lots. I have the pleasure of talking to you guys when you call in or if you email the Canadian office. I get to help answer questions or talk to you guys that way. I handle a lot of donations and just all of the nice admin things that you don't want to do with. <laughs> <laughs> and Very you good. do it excellently. Yes, you do a great job. Yes, we've got the kids here. It is absolutely awesome. Where's your grandpa? Where's Grandpa? Hi, sweetheart. 
Oh my goodness, Tessa, you're amazing. Anyway, it's good to have the family here, and uh, uh, we we love the kids. I love the kids around. We have originally I had given you an office, Corey, but you turned your office into a children's room. I did, yes. And so we have a lot of kids around here, so that's absolutely awesome. And I think we should mm -hmm. sing. We wish, we wish you, you a Merry, a Merry Christmas. Christmas. Are you guys ready to sing I Wish You a Merry Christmas? Because we have lots of friends at home that watch every day and they're always so excited for this special program where we can all come and say hi. And they get to see every year. Do you know some people have been watching this program longer than you have even been here? way before you were born. And so they remember Oliver when he was a little baby. And now, how old are you, Oliver? Eight. You're eight. eight. And Elias, how old are you now? Four. 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 And Wesley, one. A big one years old. And Emerson, how old are you now? Six. Six years six old. Years and old. Matthias, how old are you? Oh. You're four. And Tessa, this is your first Christmas. Hooray! Excellent. All right, so here we go. Sing. We're going to sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Here we go. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Excellent. Very good. Well, we do want to say that. You see the kids. They did a great job here. Everybody's doing good. I don't know. We just continue to see the family grow, and that's great because, you know, the Bible tells us that God sets the solitude in families. Well, this ministry is nothing more than a family ministry, and what you see is what you get. That's, that's right. exactly right. That's right. So anyway, the discussion that we have here on a regular basis is a leftover from the dinner conversations years ago. So very good. All right, everybody. Well, I think Mr. West West He's is getting it. tired. He, <laughs> he, he wants to okay. run around. He was having fun spinning around here on the floor just before we went to tape, crawling back and forth. Weren't you, Wes? Weren't you, Wes? Yes. All right. Well, I think we're starting. <laughs> we got to wish everybody a Merry yes. Christmas. Okay, everybody? On the count of three. Everybody's got to wish a Merry Christmas to the viewers everywhere in the world, okay? One, two, three. Merry Christmas!
I am here with Tessa, my little granddaughter. She is amazing. She's going to be one year old this year. It's very, very, or next year, which is just in a few days. It's very, very interesting. And we're reading the story from Luke chapter two. There were shepherds who had learned from the angels that God was doing something special. And they learned some very important lessons, Tessa. Yes, they did. Let me read it to you. It's Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 10. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. Isn't that something? And they said, uh, And this will be the sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And do you know what happened, Tessa? Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. On earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Let me tell you something. That's a message that is absolutely wonderful today, isn't it? Peace and goodwill towards men. That's what we pray and that's what we hope for. And may the Lord help us this year as we focus our attention on the birth of Jesus Christ in December. Very, very important to remember that. And I think that we should pay attention to it. Now, some people, they celebrate this seven days from now, some six days from now. But I think that we need to focus our attention on who we are celebrating. Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He is a great child. He was a wonder. He was God. And it was wonderful because he came and lived among us. And then he died on the cross and rose again in the flesh. And in the heavens, John says, he looks to see. They said, well, you know, it's the lion, the tribe of Judah. John looks and he sees a lamb as if he's slain. Absolutely amazing, Tessa. And the thing to remember is that heaven is touched with the reality of earth. God invites us to heaven. So may I ask you today and may Tessa ask you today, we're going to ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ? Because you really should. You really should invite him into your life. Get to know him. He's not just a child. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. And Tessa reminds me today, and he reminds all of us, that the simplicity of a child and the humbleness of a child is so important. Come to God as you are. Come to the Lord with all your needs and say, Lord, I need you today. I need you today. And in the name of Jesus Christ, when you pray and you say, Lord, forgive me and help me, he will come into your life and he will forgive you. He will help you. And here's the good part. You ready for this, Tessa? He will give you eternal life. Isn't that something? We're going to live forever. All because Jesus Christ came, died on the cross and rose again. So let's come to Jesus today, give our lives to him and live knowing that he will give us eternal life.